0: Hashtag SAFM It's 24 hours, uh, 24 hours, <laughs> 24 minutes after 5 o'clock. We're in conversation next with the Dr. Uh, Dale Taylor, Chief Investigator, uh, H3D Centre at the University of Cape Town. It's World Malaria Day. What impact has climate change had? Uh, what impact has climate change uh, caused by what impact has climate change had and caused by floods in African countries uh, due to the rise of malaria. The continent uh, carries the highest burden of the disease compared to any region in the world. About 70% of all malaria cases and deaths uh, affect population in 11 countries and 10 of those are in Africa. Despite the strides that have been made in the fight against malaria, Africans still remain at risk, especially as the impact of climate change worsens to discuss how investing scientific research has innovation can drive African solutions to end malaria. We are now joined on the line by Dr. Dale uh, Taylor. Dr. Taylor, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making time for us. Well, at least some strides have been made considering the R21 vaccine.
1: Good afternoon, Aldrin. Yes, uh, thank you for having me on today. Uh, Indeed, you know, I started uh, my career in malaria many years ago as as a a junior postgraduate student in the late 1990s. And back then, we'd been working on a vaccine for 10 years already. So that, when it's finally actually becoming available, is a, a really big boost for for everybody around the world. You know, as, as you've mentioned, malaria is an absolutely gigantic problem, and something like this, which will, will give so much cover to so many, is, is a, a phenomenal achievement.
0: Do do you see more countries taking up um, the R21 vaccine, um, even though the uh, World Health Organization hasn't given it the green light as yet? I see Nigeria as well as Ghana already, on Africa at least.
1: I think they will. Um, certainly the, the preliminary data looks really, really good. You know, we're losing 690,000 kids a year to this disease, mostly children under the age of five, and it's really being recommended for for small children in particular. And, uh, you know, these are our future generations. If, if we don't look after them uh, here at home, then nobody will. So I, I think a lot more countries will pick it up. And I, I don't think WHO registration is too far away. But certainly, I, I think we'll get many more people uh, grabbing the vaccine as soon as it becomes available, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And how close do you think we are to eliminating malaria by 2030?
1: Well, we've made a huge strides. So, you know, you mentioned that at the, at the top of the program, we're looking at about 250 million cases a year currently. Uh, nearly 680,000 deaths. When I started 25 years ago, it was closer to 700 million cases a year and more like 2 million deaths. So we, you know, we've cut that down by 60, 70%. We're getting there. Um, there's still a ways to go. Um, fortunately, you know, there's been a big push uh, across the sector for the last 30 years. We've invested in bed nets. We've come up with new drugs. There, there's been big investments in, in insecticide programs and things like that. We are really hitting this thing from all sides. So uh, there's, there's still a distance to go. I, I don't think COVID helped us, um, you know, just with having to divert resources and obviously the world was was preoccupied. But certainly I, I think we can get there. absolutely.
0: Where would you say some of the pressure points are in countries with, with some major concerns?
1: So oh, that's a, that's, there, there are many answers to that question. One of the big issues we have is the huge uh, wide availability of counterfeit drugs you can buy prescription medicines from any street markets in most African cities that are nothing more than, than you know, powder and sugar, mm. claiming to be good anti-malarials. So, you know, it's really undermining, uh, uh, undermining the treatment program. W-
0: would that be because they're not freely available at, uh, at primary health care?
1: Um, I think that's probably country dependent. You know, the, the, the African governments generally have been quite good about getting involved with, with looking after their people. I think probably the bigger problem is the newer drugs are a little bit more expensive. In many countries, they can't afford some of the newer drugs and are relying on the legacy drugs, which are not quite as effective as they once were. In some cases, almost completely useless. Um, and if you can get these things without a prescription, generally over the counter, you know, why would somebody waste a day at the clinic? They go in and ask for someone, get it, and hope for the best.
0: And then the approach of policymakers as well, and uh, how we invest in in um, in 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 treatment, and try to also invest in the research relating to malaria.
1: So yeah, like research is a big thing. You know, it's uh, it's a problem I think uh, across the third world. Is uh, You know, we think there, that that the money should be spent on other things, without realizing how important the research is. A lot of the illnesses that we suffer from are almost unique to us. You know, malaria isn't a problem in Europe. Or in North America, or in Australia anymore. They, they got rid of it with insecticides years ago. So if we don't invest in it, if we don't do our best to try to look after it, probably nobody else will. The difficulty there is the cost of development of medicines is insane. You're looking at about a billion dollars to get a new drug to market. The money has to come from somewhere. So you know there are a lot of public-private partnerships which are able to to undercut the cost of that a lot. But you know we need involvement from government, and it's got to be through research. Uh, We've got to fund scientific programs. And in addition to that, it's the public health health initiatives, things like rapid testing, uh, provision of bed nets, looking at insecticide programs, draining standing water, other things like that, which really are, if we can prevent malaria from getting into people, we don't need to worry about the drugs as much.
0: Do you think that we should have something? And I don't know. This is a bit of a, an extreme example that I'm going to make here. Is, for instance, if you look at the agreement um, that NATO countries have, that two percent of the GDP must go to um, defense spending. Could we, in Africa, also look at something similar with the intention, though, at least of dealing with research, specifically on cases like malaria?
1: You know, that would be a, a phenomenal achievement if we get that right. It's estimated currently probably between one and two percent of Africa's GDP goes to malaria anyway, just trying to deal with it internally. If you could commit that sort of money to research, you know, and prevention programs, certainly that would be wonderful.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. That is a Dr. Dale Taylor, Chief Investigator, H3D Centre at the University of Cape Town. It's half past five.